at 405-651-3439. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Well, in the infamous words of Kawhi Leonard, what it do, baby? No steel man today. Parker Thune, Connor Pasby here with you on the Ref Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans all across the Sooner State and worldwide on the KREF app. This hour of the program, of course, brought to you by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, owned and operated by former Sooner great Tim Lasher. Whether you're looking to repair, replace, or maintain your AC system, call Lasher, family-owned and operated and servicing the greater Oklahoma City area since 2007. 405-579-3113 for all your heat and air needs. 405-579-3113. Now, if you would like to get a hold of us throughout the day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, which has colloquially become known as the NIP, 405-651-3439. Send us your text. 651-3439. And also, give me your name when you send a text. I feel like we do a lot more texts when Steely's out. I enjoy interacting with y'all. And I also like being on a first-name basis with each of you. So, hit the air comfort. I almost did it. There you almost go, Parker. Reverted, Connor. The, the NIP. <laughs> The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. I'll tell you, Connor, my snack of choice this week, chili lime almonds. They're delicious. So my fiance bought these almonds with this chili lime seasoning. And, man, it's always enjoyable, right, to have a snack that you can just pop all day and not feel terrible about because almonds are objectively incredibly healthy. So I can eat as many almonds as I want over the course of a day and not think twice about it. I like I like anything with chili lime, so I'm sure it's really good with almonds. Johnny from UConn on the text line says, Parker running things today, the nip will be running wild. <laughs> that is the goal, and I guess the natural place to start as we kick things off here on a Tuesday is with the whole Jordan Tyson conversation. Because anybody who's been listening over the course of the last week, week and a half, is no secret, or rather is no stranger, to the notion that Jordan Tyson was going to be an Oklahoma Sooner. Well, over the last 24 hours, things have begun to trend in a different direction there entirely for the former Colorado wide receiver. Now, Jordan Tyson visited Oklahoma last week. After his Oklahoma visit was complete, he headed out to Arizona State. And at the time, from the OU side, Connor, folks were overwhelmingly confident that Jordan Tyson was going to end up in the Crimson and Cream. However, what we failed to reckon with is the sheer existence and presence of one Rashad Samples, who is very good at his job. Now, since Jordan Tyson went out there to the desert, to Tempe, Rashad Samples is now on staff. Things have begun to swing in the Sun Devils' direction. And as of right now, as things sit close to noon on Tuesday, May 9th, the overwhelming odds are that Jordan Tyson is going to end up in an Arizona State uniform this fall as opposed to an Oklahoma one. So the Sooners are back to the drawing board. 
in the transfer portal at the wide receiver position. And not necessarily back to the drawing board, Connor, because I don't know that they have an immense and immediate need to add another wide receiver. But one of the things I wrote about earlier today on OUinsider.com is the fact that as we look ahead to the 2023 season, this is one of my preeminent concerns for this football team. Is there an elite wide receiver on this roster? I think you got some good ones. It's just speed burners. That's what you're trying to get, and that's why you were trying to get Tyson to come to Oklahoma because he's a really fast wide receiver. But I do think you got some size. You got some guys with some speed, but I don't know a deep ball threat. A guy that's got some speed to replace Mims of what you had from last year. And this is the thing. When you when you think back over the better part of the last decade at the University of Oklahoma, you've always had at least one elite wide receiver on the roster. When you think about Sterling Shepard, then D.D. Dee Dee Westbrook, and then Hollywood Brown, C.D. Lamb, Marvin Mims, all of those guys heard their names called in the top half of the NFL draft. Lamb and Brown were first-round picks. And it's not dissimilar to 2020 in that heading into the year 2020, we didn't really know. We had suspicions, but we didn't really know who the top wideout was going to be post-C.D. Lamb at the University of Oklahoma. I would say most didn't anticipate it to be Marvin Mims, but as a true freshman, he popped off. Man, he showed up to campus, and he led Oklahoma in most major receiving categories, kicked off his collegiate career with a long touchdown in the Sooner season opener against Missouri State, and just kept things rolling from there. So I don't question that there is an elite wide receiver somewhere on this roster. It's just that there isn't anybody on the roster right now that we know is elite or has shown flashes of being elite. I think Jalil Farouk is a very, very solidly above average receiver. I, I would not categorize him as elite, Connor. Yeah, but I, I mean, he could he could be wide receiver one. It's just you have so many guys. What's unique about this wide receiver group is you got size. You're not really used to that at Oklahoma at the wide receiver spot. Six three, six four, and six five guys with your wide receivers. I think when you look at Drake Stoops, when you look at Gavin Freeman, LV Bunkley, Shelton, the slot group at the University of Oklahoma, and you can kind of throw Brennan Thompson onto the pile there as well. Now. Those guys, as a collective, are going to be productive. And individually, there will be at least one that generates a ton of production for Oklahoma in the passing game this fall. But again, are any of those guys going to be a 1,000-yard receiver? That is what I question. And Jalil Farouk, to me, is your ideal number two receiver. I think he is going to be at his best and has been at his best when he's got an elite option opposite him that can beat a defense whatever way he wants to. Now... Come June, Jaquay's Petaway gets to campus. I'll keep saying it, man. That's a guy that is going to be in the running for a lot of playing time right away. And if you'd added Jordan Tyson to this room, he's another capable contributor, certainly. But was he going to be transformative at the wide receiver position? That I question. And I, I am not saying, do not hear me saying that Oklahoma is going to struggle offensively for lack of a truly elite wideout, because that's not necessarily the case. We've seen Oklahoma in the past, not often, but at times, be able to put together really successful and productive offensive units, absent a top option at the wide receiver position that was head and shoulders above the rest. 
But one of the common denominators in recent years, again, has been that top flight receiving option. Yeah, and you'll have some few youngsters that will step into a bigger role. I mean, we're all excited about Brennan Thompson. A really talented dude coming out of high school. Played a little bit at Texas in his first year. Had a pretty good uh, play against Oklahoma State. So he's a guy that could obviously step into a bigger role. Kerry on the text line says, The Sooners have elite talent at wide receiver. The issue is that DG is very inconsistent when throwing deep balls. Well, Kerry, I, I respectfully disagree with you. Right now, I would not say Oklahoma has elite talent at the wide receiver position. They have well above average talent at the position. Again, that room is not a room that's full of scrubs right now. But you cannot look at that room and tell me that all of their inadequacies, however substantial, are due to the fact that Dylan Gabriel is inconsistent in hitting the deep balls. Yeah, and you should you should never be worried about that position. I know Dylan Gabriel missed on a few of the deep balls, but there were also some drops. I know he got criticized pretty well from last year, but yeah, at the end of the eight, at the end of the day, OU just didn't really have a big deep ball threat to really go to. From the five eighty, give me stock in DJ Graham. I think he is going to have a great year. Man. I would love that to be the case for DJ's sake, more so than anybody, with everything that he's been through at the University of Oklahoma, with Alex Grinch kind of shoehorning him into the cornerback experience, and he had a ton of success with it. But you talk to DJ, even very early on in his career at Oklahoma, you could tell that he was more so playing defensive back because the coaching staff wanted him to play it, not because he wanted to play it. He always wanted to play wide receiver and now he's going to have the opportunity to strut his stuff. Yeah, we'll see if this works better for DJ Graham. We know he's got the hands. We saw the play against uh, Nebraska, so it'll be an awesome transition for Graham if he can find a spot in the field and really make an impact in that wide receiver group. A listener in the 405 asks, Keon Coleman, any shot? There's a shot, sure. Not a great one. By any means. Keon Coleman has visited Florida State. He is visiting Ole Miss. And both of those programs are down there in the Deep South, which is where Keon Coleman hails from. And they can offer very competitive NIL packages. So, wouldn't surprise me if Oklahoma tries to turn up the heat on Coleman now that Tyson appears headed for the desert. But don't get your hopes up. Not yet, anyway. I, I will have to see it to believe it. With Keon Coleman. Hey, coming up next here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans, we're going to chat with Rivals National Recruiting Analyst Cole Patterson. 405-329-9000 is the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. We're going to get Cole on the horn, get his thoughts on the performances this past weekend down at the Rivals Dallas camp for Oklahoma quarterback commits Kevin Sperry and Michael Hawkins and generally get his beat on some of the top targets from the Lone Star State in the 2024 class that Oklahoma is pursuing. So, Cole Patterson of Rivals.com. Coming up next, here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans, hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439 and keep it here. It's a Tuesday on The Ref Sports Radio Network. The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line available to you, 405-651-3439. With any questions, thoughts, opinions, all throughout the show, locked in coming up in the 2 o'clock hour with myself and Tyler McComas. 
Going to give you all the recruiting juice. But hey, the guy we got on the phone line right now has plenty of his own juice to share from the recruiting trail. That would be Cole Patterson of Rivals.com, recruiting analyst. Cole, welcome to the program. Appreciate your time. And look, we're up here in the state of Oklahoma. You're a Texas guy. The Sooners are in pursuit of plenty of players out of the Lone Star State as they are in every single recruiting cycle. But I think the natural place to start here is that a lot of OU fans were keeping up with the progress on Sunday from Kevin Sperry and Michael Hawkins, their two quarterback commits. And Sperry and Hawkins definitely among the most impressive performers at the Rivals camp at Coppell High School down in Dallas on Sunday. What can you say about what you saw from Sperry, Hawkins, and the rest of the quarterback crop? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Parker. Um, yeah, like you said, both Michael and Kevin, uh, Michael Hawkins, Kevin Sperry, both were t- tremendous, um, as, he, as you saw, as we all saw down at that Rivals camp. They were the two best quarterbacks, in my opinion, for my money at that camp, you know, from the from the start where they are kind of getting warmed up, throwing up, throwing – going through the drills, throwing different passes, and then kind of in the one-on-one to carry that momentum over. Um, just clean mechanics, good arm strength, great arm talent. Um, got everything you want in a quarterback, and I think it just shows how you know successful Oklahoma is recruiting that position, especially in the DFW. And you mentioned it, Oklahoma in the running for DFW. Well, I should say in line to get an elite quarterback out of the DFW area in three straight cycles when you think about Jackson Arnold in the class of 2023, Hawkins in 2024, and Sperry in 2025. But I think the reality is, nationally, there is a pretty sharp divide when it comes to the evaluation of Michael Hawkins. There are services that are much higher on him than others. There are those that regard this guy as a clear blue chip talent and others that are a bit more tentative and kind of of the opinion that he's more of an athlete than a quarterback at this stage in his development. So you've seen him a lot over the years, gotten the chance to watch him on Friday nights on the seven on seven circuit in plenty of camp environments. What's your take on Michael Hawkins as a quarterback? Yeah, I've seen, like you said, I've seen him a ton um, down in Allen. That's kind of where I'm at a lot. And so I've been able to see him, you know, in, in big moments. I've been able to see him, you know, enjoy some highs, uh, you know, suffer some lows. So I think I have a pretty clean picture of him. And I think he's a really good quarterback. You know, I, I don't think you have to overcomplicate things. You know, of course, he's an athlete. He can move out. He can get outside the pocket. He can hurt you with his, with his legs. But he loves to beat defenses from the pocket. You know, he – Loves to beat him, beat defenses with his brain, with his arm. And he has a really good job of that. Uh, we have him as a number two dual threat quarterback in the country and rivals, you know, top 150 player. And I can see him moving up um, at this next update, you know, moving forward as his senior season progresses. Um, yeah, I just think he's a really clean, mechanically sound quarterback. Um, maybe he doesn't have the special arm talent that some other five star quarterbacks might have or. You know, he doesn't have a state championship on his resume, but he, he shows up in the big moments. I think that's what you want as an Oklahoma fan. And as you mentioned, he, he's, he excels on the seven-on-seven circuit. He excels in camp settings. Um, whatever, whatever you throw at him, he's going he's gonna to succeed. I think that's what you want out of quarterback. Cole Patterson, recruiting analyst on the Rivals Network, joining the program here on a Tuesday afternoon. Cole's got a beat on the Lone Star State just about as well as anybody in the industry. And with that, Cole, I want to ask you a very pointed question about a guy that a lot of Oklahoma fans had penciled in as a lock for their 2024 class, and that would be four-star Lovejoy linebacker Peyton Pierce, who, of course, 
committed to Ohio State over Oklahoma last month. Now, having tracked Pierce's recruitment up to that point, how much of a surprise was that to you as somebody that isn't necessarily in the Oklahoma camp, not necessarily in the Ohio State camp, can look at things from a pretty neutral perspective? How much of a surprise was it for Peyton Pierce to pick Ohio State? And if Oklahoma makes a run at him late and tries to flip him as they did with Peyton Bowen a year ago, how much would that surprise you? Yeah, you know, uh, especially early on in his recruitment, I kind of got the feeling that Oklahoma was that team to beat. You know, Texas had made a strong run at that point. You know, Jeff Choate down with the Longhorns has a great relationship with him. And Ohio State, they offered late. You know, they kind of came by the school in the spring evaluation process. They saw him at their school, and they decided to offer him. And that kind of progressed really quickly. Um, He was able to go take a visit up there, fell in love with the campus and the coaching staff. Um, But as you mentioned, you know, it seemed like Oklahoma was that team to beat early on. So it was a bit of a surprise. Um, he's got a lot of ties and connections to the Oklahoma program. So it's, uh, you know, I don't think Oklahoma's out of it by any means. Um, you mentioned them possibly making a run. It doesn't sound like they've kind of let up at all in their pursuit of him. He's kind of open about that. You know, he mentioned TCU as another program. So it sounds like he's still listening. You know, I think he is happy with his Ohio State commitment at this point in time. But there's a long way to signing day. Um, Oklahoma fans. You know, I found that out uh, last year, last cycle with Peyton Bowen, even DJ Hicks to a, to a certain degree. Um, and I think I think Peyton Pierce is a guy that you continue to push the right buttons. You continue to get, try to get him on campus, uh, pitch what you have to sell, um, playing for Brent Venables. You know, I think he uh, he likes the program a lot. It would not shock me at all if uh, Oklahoma's right there in the mix uh, all the way until signing day. You sense another OU Ohio State battle brewing for another blue chip talent from that same area, and I'm referring to four-star defensive end Nigel Smith out of Melissa. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely do. Um, I know you just saw him. I had just seen him a week or two before you did, and he's a guy that same kind of same scenario. Oklahoma's been on him for a while. You know, he's been up on campus a lot. Um, you know, Paint Pierce while we're on that same topic. It's been in his ear about Ohio State, so there's a little bit of recruiting. Uh, battle right there between those two schools. Um, but I do like where Oklahoma sits. You know, he's a player that can play all over that defensive front. I think he knows how he fits in that Brent Venables defense. He likes his role, his potential role, and fit in that in that scheme. And um, you know, he's got a lot of uh, people in his ear about Oklahoma. I mentioned Paint Pierce recruiting him to Ohio State, but you know, Michael Hawkins and some of the guys already in that Oklahoma class are pitching on him, joining them in Norman. Um, so yeah, I think that's another. You know, key battle to watch it for the Sooners. Cole Patterson, Rivals.com recruiting analyst, joining the show. Cole, Caden Durham, the four-star running back out of Duncanville High School down on the south side of DFW, a native of Moore, Oklahoma, an OU legacy, lived in the state of Oklahoma till he was in eighth grade before moving down there to Duncanville and really popping off for one of the top high school programs in the state of Texas. How how serious is LSU's pursuit of Caden Durham at this point, and how, how much of a threat do you think they are for the Sooners in this thing? Because I think most would agree it's OU or it's LSU in the battle for the four-star running back. Yeah, I've kind of been that same mindset as well. Um, first of all, Caden Durham's a hell of a player. You know, he's a guy that can score from anywhere on the football field, big track guy, track speed. So he's a guy you obviously want in your program. Um, I've always kind of been – thinking that Oklahoma is that team to be, kind of the team out in front. You know, he loves DeMarco Murray, has obvious connections to Oklahoma, being from the state. But I do think LSU is a serious player in this recruitment. 
In fact, I talked to somebody kind of in the know of his recruitment that thinks LSU uh, could be the team to be right now. I'm not sure if I'd go that far, but I do think they are a serious player. Um, it certainly doesn't hurt LSU's chances that they're in the mix for Colin Simmons, his teammate, the five-star defensive end, as well as Kadavian Dotson, the four-star safety. Um, so, you know, package deals don't always work out, but that is something, you know, monitors. You know, guys want to play with one another. There's some connections there. Um, so I do think LSU is a real player. Um, I spoke to somebody else that would say that there's, they, get, they think it's Oklahoma until it's not. You know, you almost have to see him, watch him sign somewhere else for you to believe it's not going to be Oklahoma. But I do think those are the two teams to watch in that recruitment, and it's going to be fun and interesting to see who wins out. I want to ask you about another team uh, down there in the Lone Star State, Cole, that has recruited on an elite level the last few years but has fallen upon hard times recently in terms of wins and losses on the football field, and that's Texas A&M. You rewind to 2022, they signed the highest-ranked class in the history of the modern recruiting era but here we sit in the 2024 cycle. They do have five commits, and it's early. But doesn't seem to most outside College Station right now that Jimbo Fisher and that program have the same juice that they did a year or two ago. What do you think is key for Texas A&M right now to recapture some of that sway, not just within their state, but nationwide on the recruiting trail? Yeah, like you said, they signed that monster class just- couple cycles ago um last year they kind of missed on some top targets but there's also a smaller class um but the two two kind of or i guess the strategy they had the last two years was you know kind of wait and let these recruits see how they do during the football season it worked out tremendously in that 2022 class you know when they got evan stewart late in the recruiting process walter nolan was able to they were able to win out for him as well um, they kind of did their work late in that recruiting process, kind of closer to signing day, you know, late in the fall, and it worked out. And then that same strategy didn't really work as as successful last year, um, as, you, as you saw Anthony Hill flip to Texas and everything like that. So it, it kind of seems like it's kind of the same path this year. You know, like I said, they do have five commitments, but they haven't made that big splash yet. Um, so I do think being able to win on the field this season will be huge for Texas A&M. You know, you can't have another debt dud. You have to show that you can win these big games, you know, put your players in positions to succeed, excuse me. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm curious who that big fish is going to be, who that first piece is going to uh, to the puzzle will be, um, because there's not a lot, of, a lot of momentum right now for Texas A&M, but I do think they're a team that can easily switch or flip the switch. Cole, last question for you. Thoughts on Bryant Wesco. Just how good is that kid? Oh, man, he's awesome. I had the chance to kind of see him you know, go through some camps and seven-on-sevens before he really took off. So just being able to see his stock continue to rise, that's been a lot of fun. Um, that's a guy that Oklahoma fans are certainly going to want to keep a close eye on as I think they're in a very good position for him. Cole Patterson, recruiting analyst at Rivals.com. Cole, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. We'll touch base again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Park. That is Cole Patterson. Follow him on Twitter at Rivals Cole. We're going to hit a quick break here. Come back, hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. So light it up right now. Hit the nip, folks. 405-651-3439. And keep it here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. If you know how Rashad Samples operates, you know that maybe this wasn't the sole reason Arizona State seems to be trending for Jordan Tyson, the transfer wide receiver from Colorado. Got that But it's a big part of the reason why. It's a big part of the reason why. Big wallet of cash. 
to the air comfort. I almost did God, it again, man. Connor. It's stuck in my head. It's been that way for a year and a half. I'm still I'm working on it. I'm going to have to write it down. Back to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, affectionately known as the Nip. Swifty from Edmond says, Parker, if you could handpick your top three D-line prospects that OU is in the running for, what three would have the best success playing together? Ooh, this is interesting. Okay, I feel an obligation here to pick a strong side defensive end, somebody with some beef, a defensive tackle, a guy that could play a three-tech or maybe slide inside and also be a nose. And then I also feel the need to pick a speed rusher off the edge. And to me, the three guys that fit that bill that Oklahoma is legitimately in the running for, you got to start with the pair of five stars in Will Nguyenary and David Stone. To me, you have David Stone on the interior. You have Will Nguyenary at defensive end. Those two are going to wreak utter havoc. As far as a speed rusher goes, and Oklahoma got one of those last year and a really, really good one in P.J. Atabare. Doesn't seem like they're as heavily emphasizing the speed rusher genotype in 2024. But they are in on one guy that I have seen several times and am really, really high on as a prospect. And that will be four-star Liberty North defensive end, edge rusher, whatever you want to call him. Jay Sean Ross is the kid's name. Right in Kansas City area. Jay Sean Ross, to me, reminds me, and this is a name that will ring a bell for some Sooner fans. He reminds me of a meaner, nastier Sean Davian Bradley. And, of course, many will remember that Bradley was a top 100 overall player in the 2023 class, came very, very close to committing to Oklahoma back in November of 2021. In fact, was going to commit when Muleshoe decided to turn tail and run for USC in the middle of the night yep, and take half his staff with him. At that point, the new staff got to town. They decided the guy that they wanted out of Kansas City was P.J. Atabare, not Sean Davian Bradley. And Bradley ended up committing to Tennessee. But to me, I see a ton of similarities in the way that Ross and Bradley play. I just think Ross is meaner. Man, he's got a little bit more of a competitive nastiness to him. And Oklahoma is very much in that race as things stand right now. And it's going to take some time. I don't think Jay Sean Ross is a kid that commits anytime soon. That's but a that's Oklahoma a likes him. Yeah. Jay Sean Ross likes OU. Can very much see that one going OU's way in the end. That's a elite kid up front, and I'm all for David Stone just to get a four or five star guy up front in the trenches in the defensive line. I know everybody's ready for that to start getting those get big and bulky up front. And David Stone is one of those dudes. One well, of the guys I didn't mention amongst that trio that Oklahoma is in line to land right now are Nigel Smith and Joseph Jonah Ajonye, both of whom are similar to Will Nguyenary in that, at least in the immediate future, unless they pack on a ton of weight, they're probably defensive ends more so than defensive tackles. Wyatt Gilmore, another defensive end out of the state of Minnesota, 
that Oklahoma has a very good chance with. And then Zadavian Sims, the word is, it's not going to take too much longer for that kid to commit. That's an OU Oregon battle right yeah. now. You're, you're in the running for quite a bit of guys on the defensive side, especially edge rushers. Zadavian Sims and David Stone, if those are the two defensive tackles that you take in the 2024 class, and then you, you obviously are not going to sweep your defensive end targets. Amongst Nwaneri and Joseph Jonah Jonye and Nigel Smith and Wyatt Gilmore and Jay Sean Ross, obviously somebody's going to go elsewhere, right? But the Sooners have a really, really good shot at every single one of those dudes. And throw in Logan Thomas from down there at Katie Pato. Another guy that is very, very high on Miguel Chavis in Oklahoma. So, Chavis can kind of have his pick of the litter at this point. And that's part of the reason why OU heated up real quickly and then kind of cooled off real quickly with Kellen Lindstrom. Because, yeah, that kid wanted to be a Sooner. But if you're Miguel Chavis... And you're looking over your board at defensive end, and you think you can land Will Nwaneri and Nigel Smith and take your pick between Wyatt Gilmore and Jay Sean Ross and throw Logan Thomas onto the pile too. Man, I I don't fault Miguel Chavis for saying, you know what, let's let's slow things down <laughs> yeah. here, Lindstrom. You got some good options though, man. I saw Michael Hawkins tried well, he's doing his recruiting part on trying to get Nigel Smith, the kid that you mentioned, who's OU's in uh, the top eight for him. Yeah, Nigel Smith is going to take an official visit with Oklahoma at the Champion Barbecue, which is shaping up to be an enormous As it weekend. always is, but yeah. I, I mean, I, it's, it's arguably bigger this year than it was last year. And you think back to last year, OU had Richard Young on campus amongst others of the five-star persuasion, right? DJ Hicks, I can't know. He didn't take his official visit that weekend. Um, but Jackson Arnold was on his OV that weekend. Uh, I forget who all came to town last year for the champion barbecue, but it was a loaded list. The difference to me between the tentative champion barbecue visitors this year and the ones who showed up last year was that if you go down the list, OU's in much better standing and actually has a legitimate shot to land so many more of these guys in 2024 than they did last cycle because they were not landing Richard Young. No. Right? That was not happening. Yeah. So, yeah, it was nice to have Richard Young in town. It was nice to have a five-star running back headlining your big visit weekend. But that kid was not going to be in Oklahoma sooner. You look at the five stars that are going to be on campus for the Champion Barbecue next month at Oklahoma, and it's Will Nwaneri, and it's David Stone, and it's Bryant Wesco, and it's Dominic McKinley. Well, actually, I think he's visiting the weekend before. But the point is, you look at these top flight targets that Oklahoma's bringing in town for the Champion Barbecue, they're either the leader outright or the co-leader for pretty much every single one of those dudes at the top of the list. Great great event to have those guys on campus and see if it can be the deciding factor for, for them to commit. 
From the 918, I'm confused. I thought Smith, Nwaneri, etc. were all interior D-line. Who other than Stone is interior? Okay, so Nigel Smith is a guy who is big enough and can realistically pack up on enough weight that he can be an inside-outside guy. So Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis are both working the angles with Nigel Smith. But Joseph Jonah-Jonye, that is primarily a Todd Bates recruitment, which tells you they see him as an inside guy long-term. David Stone? That's a Todd Bates recruitment. But Nwaneri, Miguel Chavis is pursuing him. Wyatt Gilmore, that's Chavis. Jay Sean Ross, Logan Thomas, same deal. It's Chavis. Zadavian Sims, he belongs to Bates. So when you're looking at interior guys right now, your short list is Sims, Joseph Jonah Jonier, and David Stone. And Smith is kind of flirting with that. Interior defensive line, he's 6'5", 260. I mean, you're right, you're right there. Yeah, but he's an athletic 6'5", yeah. 260. Much like Will Nguyenary, they're kind of cut from the same cloth in that they move exceedingly well for how big and how wide they are. And for Todd Bates, he's also in the running for Dominic McKinley, the five-star defensive tackle out of the state of Louisiana. OU is not to be disregarded there, and while I am not sitting here and saying – Dominic McKinley is going to be a Sooner because I'm not quite there yet. Man, they're in it. They're in it. Johnny from UConn says, just all commit that day. Wouldn't that Please, be nice? that'd be awesome, yeah. Eric in the OC, do we have any shot at getting in on Colin Simmons? Nope, he is likely headed to the boot. From the 405, Nwaneri goes to Tennessee. OU gets JJA, Joseph Jonah Jonier. David Stone, Nigel Smith, and either Sims or Logan Thomas. McKinley is a wild card. I I hear a lot of the national buzz on Will Nguyenary in Tennessee. What I can say, though, as somebody who has spent a ton of time up in that neck of the woods over the course of the last year and a half, two years, everybody around Lee's Summit North still maintains that Oklahoma has the inside track for Will Nguyenary because, and I reported this over on OUinsider.com yesterday, Will Nguyenary will freely acknowledge that the best relationships he has with college coaches are the relationships he has at Oklahoma. Yeah, that and helps. he is very much the type of kid for whom relationships will win in the long run. So as long as Oklahoma doesn't screw this up, I lean Oklahoma over Tennessee right now for that kid. Yeah, still in a running, just a tough call. There's just, man, for me, it's hard to stay on top of this. I mean, there's just so many guys. I know you're really, really good at what you do, Parker. But yeah, so many guys uh, to keep an eye on. And OU's still going to be in the running, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But yeah, it's just awesome to be in a fight with these, some of these other big time schools for an important position at OU up front on the defensive line. Let's hit a quick break here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. We'll come back, wrap up hour number one on this installment of Steel Man and Thune at Noon. Steely is out today. Parker Thune, Connor Pasby here with you on the Ref. The home of Sooner fans, keep it right here. Is this a Led Zeppelin cover? Yes, it is. Interesting. I've never heard this version before. <laughs> Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans, is where we're at. Thank you guys so much for coming along for the ride here on a Tuesday. Parker Thune, Connor Pasby, across the Sooner, uh, across the Sooner State and across the globe. 
on the KREF app. The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line got it first try that time. 405-651-3439 is where you're going to want to head if you want to chime in. Now, to the text line we go with that. Drew from Flower Mound said, Is this the first show since y'all both announced you're getting engaged? Yes, I suppose it is. Connors is pretty fresh. When are y'all getting married? Do you know yet? Maybe January. January? I think that's the spot. Maybe mid-January. Okay, there you go. Well, and What about, just, what about yourself? Just make sure... Just make sure your wedding date falls after the college football playoff national yeah, championship game. Thing. Because listen, I'm not saying we're going to have anything to do that weekend, but what a tragedy would it be if Oklahoma made an out-of-nowhere run to and through the college football playoff, ended up playing for a national championship, and then you got to choose between right. the Sooners and your wedding. Yeah, I'll have my, Can't have that. I'll have my phone on during that while I'm getting married. <laughs> But we're gonna try. We're gonna try to avoid football season as much as possible. There you That's go. That's the plan. This man understands. Hashtag no fall weddings. That is what's up. That's how we go. That's how we go up here. The ref where guys get engaged. That's the line there. From the four hundred five on the text line. Hey, what's what's your name? Tell me your name. If I don't say your name on the text, it means we don't have record of your name. I want to know your name. We're all friends here. Let's be on a first-name basis. A listener in the 405 says, How much effect does the primary recruiter's position have on a recruit's decision? Say, for example, Nigel Smith is being recruited by Bates as a future defensive tackle, but he wants to be a defensive end. Would that mean OU is at a disadvantage against a school who might be recruiting him as an interior guy? Well, to your example, uh, Nigel Smith, just so nobody misconstrues, what you presented there. Nigel Smith is being recruited as a defensive end primarily by Miguel Chavis. So, uh, now that we have that cleared out of the way, I can kind of understand uh, it's Corey. Corey is this listener's Okay. Name. So, Corey, I can kind of understand where you're going. Basically, if a school designates a lead recruiter to a player who doesn't necessarily want to play that same position – yeah, naturally you're going to be at a bit of a disadvantage, but generally there's not going to be a disconnect between the staff and the player in terms of what they're going to play at the next level. If there is, and there kind of was, oh gosh, was this, yeah, it was Gabriel Brownlow Dindy a couple years ago that wanted to play defensive end and Oklahoma was saying, no, you're going to play inside. Yeah. So, in the end, Calvin Thibodeau ends up leaving the Oklahoma staff in the aftermath of the mule shoe fallout, and Gabriel Brown-Lodindy decides, you know what, I'm not going to wait this out. I'm going to go to Texas A&M where they'll let me play defensive end anyway. And he ended up playing defensive tackle. That's, that's, always, that's always tough where the kid wants to play because you can say the same thing about a player that plays corner and safety at the high school level, similar to defensive tackle and actually being an edge rusher. Gunny of Stutzman Army says, Connor, get married on January 16th so we can celebrate my birthday and your wedding. You know, knowing Gunny, I'm pretty sure, Connor, that if you wanted to celebrate your union... That would be a crazy day. ...with a couple of left-handed cigars. Yeah. Gunny of Stutzman Army would be the one to go to. I just put that on my notes, Gunny. I put January 16th, Gunny (laughs) birthday plus wedding. So we'll keep that in mind. Can my name on the text line be Sark's Vodka? 
seriously. That comes from a listener in the 405. Yes, absolutely. I yes, have no, we'll I have no problems down. with that. Sark's Vodka. That is your new alter Interesting. ego okay. on the nip. Sooner Co. Wetzel, what's the news on Sammy Brown? Just don't get your hopes up. He's going to be in town for the champion barbecue, but I still think it's Clemson or Georgia there. That is a feather in Brent Venable's cap if he can swing Sammy Brown. I do not foresee it happening. Brad from Shawnee. Joseph Jonah Jonier was on Sooner Scoop stating he received an offer from Georgia. He said it was his dream school. Very concerning. Well, I can tell you this much. Folks in the Switzer Center aren't concerned because Joseph Jonah Jonier has given the Oklahoma staff every assurance that they are in the driver's seat to land his commitment right now. Got to wrap things up for hour number one here on Steel Man and Thune at noon. Come back with us on the other side. More Sooner football, more recruiting talk. The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Keep it here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. You got two men talking here on The Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans. Parker Thune, Connor Pasby here with you. No Mike Steely today. He'll be back tomorrow. He's getting fitted for some new adult diapers this afternoon. So. We'll get him back in the mix tomorrow. We want you in the mix on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439, 651-3439. And we will head there in just a moment. The second hour of the program brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 is where you'll want to head for a fantastic deal on a new or used vehicle with the Seth Wadley Auto Group, as well as their outstanding guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost. From the 918 wedding anecdote, November 11th, 2000. The only cousin I have that I claim had his wedding that day in the D.C. area. My daughter was the flower girl. We weren't late to the wedding, but we weren't early as we should have been with the Flower Girl. They are all Virginia Tech fans. Along with the actual gift, I left a brand new OU hat right on top of the pile of presents. OU A&M took precedence. Sorry, not sorry. It's a great day. It's a great wedding day right there from the 918. Man, I tell you what, my best friend got married, what would have been, three years ago, 2020? And he went with the fall wedding, Connor. Yeah. However, thank the Lord that his wedding fell on Oklahoma's bye week. That's good. I wonder if he looked into that way before. Or no, he did, it was to... purely by accident. Wow. It was purely by Job accident. Well Trust me, he he did not. Uh, he did not premeditate that yeah. by any means. It just kind of happened. That that's just a thing. There's just so many fall weddings. I've been a part of so many. I rarely catch a. Uh, winter wedding or just something in the summer from the 903 as we turn our attention back to recruiting here parker where are we on the running back out of light view that comes from jamie in white house white house isn't too far from Longview, as i recall so makes sense why jamie would be the one asking about taylor tatum the four-star running back from Longview High School in East Texas. Oh, you've had some success in that area, Connor. Trent Williams, Malcolm Kelly. Good air. Yeah, that's a good air right there. 
Of course, Adrian Peterson wasn't really from East Texas proper, but uh, definitely towards the eastern part of the state out there in Palestine. Now, Oklahoma is in the mix, not just for Taylor Tatum, but for another East Texas superstar in four-star interior offensive lineman Casey Poe, who is from Lindale, not that far away from Longview. But on Taylor Tatum, this is an interesting deal, man, because two months ago, I'd have told you absolutely no way Taylor Tatum ends up at Oklahoma. One month ago, I'd have said, eh, probably not. By the way, yes, to whatever listener on the text line asked, isn't Patrick Mahomes from White House? Yes, he is. Quite a bit of good names. But as of right now, Oklahoma is in very good shape for Taylor Tatum. They are doing battle with USC and Michigan there. But it it was such an interesting deal, Connor, because for the longest time I continued to hear from people in and around Taylor Tatum's camp, that if OU would just push for the kid, they'd have a really good chance to get him. Yeah. Now, DeMarco Murray, for whatever reason, and DeMarco can have his reasons, I'll always give that guy the benefit of the doubt, but for whatever reason, DeMarco Murray wasn't really pushing for Taylor Tatum at a certain point in this class, and it seemed that the Sooners had their sights elsewhere, or set elsewhere, with Tovani Mizell and Caden Durham, and Xavier Robinson, for instance. Stacy Gage at a time. But in the last couple of weeks, things have really begun to accelerate quickly between Oklahoma and Taylor Tatum. He is going to take an official visit on June 16th for the Champion Barbecue. And again, it's USC and it's Michigan. Those are the other two schools in play for Taylor Tatum right now. What also needs to be considered here is that if OU is going to sell Taylor Tatum on the fit in Norman, a guy whose role will not be insignificant in those efforts is one Skip Johnson. Because as good of a football player as Taylor Tatum is, he might be an even better baseball player. How about that? That helps out for Skip because he had one, what, not too long ago, last week? A dude that committed also for baseball for Skip. Grayson Harris. There you go. Four-star yeah. wide receiver out of Ennis, Texas. Also, yes, to whatever listener asked, wasn't Trey Matoir from White House? Yes, he was. Patrick Mahomes definitely turned out to be the more memorable he did, White yes. House product. <laughs> but those are some, man, those are some big names from that area right there by White House. But, yeah, Tatum kid, number two overall running back in the 2024 class. Looked like Michigan, but... OU starting to warm up, so should be a pretty good event June 16th. Herman from Midwest City says, My baby brother had his wedding on OU Texas in 2020, and we delayed the wedding until OT finished. Wow. Well done. Wait, when you say we delayed the wedding, Herman, do you mean your baby brother delayed the wedding or you delayed the wedding? Because if you were the one holding up the wedding, mad props. Yeah, Cap- so if you were like, hold up, no, 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 we're, we're not doing this. We're not doing this yet. Hats off to you, Herman, for having a say into that. We delayed it. Her- I, There's so I, many. I can just envision Herman standing there in the middle of the aisle. Don't start it yet. In an athletic linebacker pose. Don't come <laughs> down this aisle. Don't do it. 
I've seen so many OU Texas games that get conflicted with weddings. Just based on seeing these uh, text messages that goes back from a year now that I've seen on here. The Richard on the text line. I guess there's only one Richard. The Richard says, June 16th is my birthday. I'll take that present. Tatum is a get. Well, there you go. It's a good present, yep. If Oklahoma ends up with Taylor Tatum, you can cite The Richard as the primary recruiter. From the 405, my uh, my sister's wedding was on November 23rd, 2019. I started the ceremony on a high note and started the reception, which started sometime during the third quarter, on a much lower note. Gosh, let me think. What game would that have been? Yeah, we didn't get it. Yeah, let me go look November 23rd, 2019. Baylor was November 16th. That was the week after the Baylor game. So it must have been an OU win for the life. Oh, it's TCU. It's TCU. TCU. It was the TCU game. That's what it was. 28 to 24, they won that game behind Jalen Hurts. Yeah, man, they started off hot. Yeah, it got really close toward the end. <laughs> Somebody said, uh oh, Trey Matoir's name was just mentioned on, on the, the nip. nip. Gosh. <laughs> Herman from Midwest City says, I delayed the wedding. There you go, Herman. Yes, sir. A real one. Sooner Gundy says, June 11th is my 23rd anniversary. Tatum would be a nice gift. Well, Sooner Gundy, maybe he'll commit before the official visit, and you'll get to take credit for that one. But. Brian in Tulsa wants his new name to be Loco Ohio. Sorry, Brian. No can do. You'll always it. be Brian in Tulsa to us. I've met you. Brian. Can't change it now. Can't change it now. You're always Brian in Tulsa to me. From the 405, OU Lou is Luann from Hennepin. You keep calling me a guy. My friends know that if they have a fall wedding, I will not be there. Also, Jamie from Tyler is my friend. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Luann from Hennepin. Where is Hennepin? I don't know. Is that. Uh, let me dive I'm not back an Oki local. And everybody figures that out in moments like these. Well, I'm horrible at some of these cities in Oklahoma. That I just don't know where they're at. Tyler McComas would know where Hennepin yeah, is. Yeah, he would. He is our small-town Oklahoma representative here at the ref. I am an, I'm a transplant would be the best way to put it. Gunning of Stutzman Army says, Palestine isn't far from Longview, if my memory serves me correctly. No, not terribly far. Uh, but also not that far from DFW. Uh, from the 405, you're an idiot if you agree to a fall wedding. Another listener of the 405 says, I told my wife no weddings during college football season. We got, manu- we got married January 14th. That's A-Train. For the 918, I skipped a good friend's wedding because he scheduled it during OU Texas. <laughs> Man, that's brave. Priorities. Yeah. If you got, yeah, if you got a really good friend, then, yeah, it's hard to skip a wedding. So, good job on your part. Julio on the text line says, Hennepin is five miles west of Davis. There you go. Okay, yeah, it's over by Elmore City. Five-star Randy, pick a unique date like 2324. 2324, easy to remember. Okay. Never really thought of it that Not way. I haven't either. It looks good on paper, though. From the Richard, he says, the Richard is a play on don't be a Richard. <laughs> don't be a Richard. <laughs> Another listener of the 405 says, I got married the Friday before OU Florida State. Sent my bride to the spa on Saturday during the game while I watched from our room. Again, what, yeah. priorities. And OU won a national championship. 
So, Sooner Gunny says, hopefully he didn't skip the wedding for 49-0. to zero. <laughs> Yeah, that's that was one of those games, Connor, where by the third quarter, I, I was just like, how is anyone having fun right now? Yeah, I know. If you're on the Texas side, you just, you're like, okay, like, what joy is there left in this? Yeah. They are hapless. And on the Oklahoma side, it was, just get us out of here. Just let the clock tick down. Yeah, and if you if you have a wedding on that day, I probably would have left the third quarter and I would have gone to the wedding. I personally would have liked to be anywhere else in the world <laughs> for those three hours. Very painful. This past October. Okay, let's hit a break. Everybody's talking about weddings. Yeah, they're blowing up. On the Meyer text line. So I guess we'll talk about your fall wedding experiences as well as OU football and recruiting when we come back from break here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Parker Thune, Connor Pasby here with you on Steelman and Thune at noon. Keep it here. We'll be back. Do you ever realize that you have a suppressed sports memory, Connor? Because just got a text from Chris in Choctaw on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. And he says, I got married December 29th, 2012. Went on our honeymoon, got back just in time to watch OU get whooped by Texas A&M. And I bring it up because I have absolutely no recollection of that football game whatsoever. Yeah, the, the Cotton Bowl with Johnny Manziel. Yes. yes like I, I, I know what happened. I do not remember a single thing about the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I just remember Johnny Manziel literally just running around all game and throwing up a bunch of stats. But other than that, I couldn't tell you <laughs> any uh, certain plays that really happened. From the 405, this is Sam from Wayne. Ah, Wayne. Wayne and Payne. That's when you know you're getting close to Norman. Coming back up I-35 yeah. from Dallas when you see that sign for Wayne and Payne. But Sam from Wayne says, OU Texas 2020. The only OU Texas I've missed in 12 years. We were in a groomsman's house and were supposed to be dressed and ready for pictures by about 3 p.m. Four overtimes and 30 minutes late, the girls were pissed, and we finally showed up for pre-wedding prep. (laughs) Kind of serves them right, huh? Again, you do not schedule a wedding for any Saturday in the fall, let alone the Saturday of OU Texas. Especially that one, man. That's a tough one, four overtimes. Oh, Wayne, that's a big one to miss. I, a couple years ago, I had a friend uh, ask me if I could do videography for their wedding. And I asked, okay, what's the date? And they said, October 9th. I looked at the calendar. I said, absolutely not. <laughs> Sorry, I won't be available. I can only imagine if I had missed the Caleb Williams game. To do wedding videography. That would hurt. Uh, oh, my goodness. That's one to look back. I have and- many regrets in life. I didn't watch the final round of the Masters in 2019 when Tiger Woods overcame Francesco Molinari down the stretch. That is one of my great regrets from a sports perspective. Yeah. But that would dwarf everything else. <laughs> Masters is fine. I like the Masters, but if I had to miss one, that's a tough one, though. Tiger Woods winning it. This listener in the 405 says, I've been to 43 straight OU Texas games. Missed a cousin's wedding to keep the streak alive 20 years ago. While I would be curious to know, is there anybody listening right now? Text us, 405-651-3439. Is there anybody that can top 43 straight OU Texas games? 
the because big number. That is impressive. That's loyal and true right there, 43 straight. Robert and Hera asks the realest and most pertinent question of the day. When are we getting a Bucky's in Oklahoma? I've been asking this for a year, Robert. I don't know what Bucky's corporate plans are, but I, I will say it's probably for the best that there isn't a Bucky's in Oklahoma because I would have much less spending money in that case. Be there every day, even though I don't need to get gas and stop it in the store. That one and uh, there's a chicken and pickle coming to Norman. I'm Is a, there really? Yes, I'm a big chicken and pickle guy, the one in OKC, but yeah. As far as I know, they're, okay, they're so going to make one in Norman. Enlighten me on chicken and pickle. I know it's pickleball, obviously. I'm I'm big on pickleball. But on the food end of things, what sets it apart? Are you a big uh, fried pickles guy? No, I'm not big on no. pickles in general. They got, oh, man. Yeah, they got some really good fried pickles, some really good barbecue. That's right up my alley. Yeah, pickleball. You got some cornhole in there, too. It's just a great, great environment to have some fun. Okay, I can dig it. Yeah, I wouldn't I mind it. it. Preston from UConn wants to know, what about Jeremy Payne at running back for OU? Jeremy Payne, four-star 2024 running back and teammate of current Oklahoma commit Zion Kearney. Now, I I would not count on Jeremy Payne ending up in the class just because I know for a fact there are targets higher on the board for Oklahoma, and they're going to try to close on those targets, i.e., Caden Durham, Taylor Tatum, Xavier Robinson. Those are the three right now that they kind of have a red eye on. So, hopefully that answers your question, Preston from UConn. I am not counting on Jeremy Payne ending up in this class for Oklahoma. Um, Oh, boy, from the 918, rumor is there's a Bucky's going up in Piedmont. I'll move out west. Piedmont? I'll move in next to Toby. Toby and I can be neighbors. If it means I'm down the street from a Bucky's, that's where I'll be. Toby, I need you to send me current listings in your neighborhood <laughs> if you are listening. Yeah, Piedmont's making some moves. For the 918 as well, ask the 43 straight OU Texas texter if his cousin is still married to the intended since he didn't go to the wedding to keep the streak alive. Just curious. Yeah, we need that answer. Jay in Ellick. Gosh, I I would have said Alex if I hadn't had <laughs> Tyler say Alex so many times yeah. on locked in over the over the course of the last few months as we're doing small town of the day updates. That's a hard but one to remember. Jay and Alec says my eighty four year old father just passed in April. He never missed an OUUT game since nineteen seventy three. So that's fifty. That's fifty, that okay. Is fifty straight OU games. Or OU Texas games. Fifty in a row. That's probably the I would be surprised if we have anybody on the text line that's been to more than 50 straight. That's a tough one at top. Yeah, if, if you do, you better send it in. A listener down in the Sunshine State says, we have a Bucky's in Daytona. I've been there too many times. From the 402, Parker Beatenbow and OU just offered an offensive lineman from Omaha Central. I believe his name is Ike. What are your thoughts? I need to look into this. I know there is an offensive lineman from Omaha Central in the 2024 class that Oklahoma had kind of been monitoring, keeping tabs on. That would be three-star offensive tackle Caleb Pifram. If they offered another one, 
that would be news for uh, news to me, and also somewhat unexpected. I need to check out what the uh, state of Nebraska again in Omaha. Yeah, man, OU's making they're establishing a presence up there. Yeah, link me to the tweet, please. Whoever that was in the four hundred two that just texted that, link me to the tweet with the offer announcement because I need to check in on this. It's not Caleb Pyfram. He was not the one that they offered. I just checked out his Twitter profile from the 405. Hello, Parker. My name is Seth, and I got to say I live in Piedmont, and my mom currently works for the city and has yet to mention anything about a Bucky's. feel like that's something she'd tell me about. Sorry for the bad news. Well, Seth, you have completely ruined my day. Or maybe this just happened. I don't know. KG from Piedmont says, there ain't no gall darn Bucky's and no gall darn Piedmont. <laughs> well, okay. We Fake have news. We have it from multiple sources in Piedmont that there is no Bucky's going in. Yeah, so it's that Piedmont population 3,000. No way they're putting in Bucky's there. Camo Sooner says, Parker, ever had the beaver nuggets at Bucky's? You can hurt yourself on those things so good. No, Camo Sooner, I've never actually had the beaver nuggets. Uh,. <laughs> from the 307 my first attempt at marriage she insisted on an october wedding uh october wedding and i had to send her packing second attempt made her live with me for 15 years before marriage no weddings during football slash hunting season absolutely no exceptions suna gundy says we had a bucky's rumor in tulsa too fake news i'm so disappointed the wind has been completely taken out of my sails here yeah, I know. We were all hyped up, and now we're getting some false alarms in the great state of Oklahoma. Now, someone said, I believe Tulsa is getting a Bucky's. Yeah, there it is. More fake news. Yep. I can't take anyone's word Stir for it. We're in the pot now. I can't take anyone's word for it as it pertains to Bucky's. No more Bucky's texts. My optimism has been shattered. I'm done. Gunny of Stutzman Army. No, QT is not superior to Bucky's. You've had one too many left-handed cigars today. <laughs> Frisco Sooner says, I'd been to 33 OU Texas games in a row until COVID in 2020. One of the great modern tragedies, Connor, is that only 23,000 people witnessed that four-overtime classic between the Sooners and the Longhorns right. in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, by the end of it, Social distancing be darned, everybody was gathered down by each of the goalposts on the Texas side and on the OU side, sitting on pins and needles, waiting with bated breath for the outcome. Yeah, I wish I wish we didn't have COVID during that game. I wish we didn't have COVID, period. In general. But there we go. From the 281, my son got engaged in November, and I told him absolutely no fall wedding. He and his fiance are both OU grads. Wedding will be in March 2024. Happy Sooner Mom. Well, you raised your kid right. <laughs> That's what I can tell you, Mom. You raised your kid right. Oh, man. Someone said I missed 14 weddings in my 52 years. I guarantee you about almost all of those weddings probably happened during the fall to miss that. Uh, Drew from Flower Mount as we turn our attention back to football here. Parker, if I'm not mistaken, Nigel Smith wants to commit before his season starts. He just released his official visits list with a Texas official set for September 1 through 3. Do you think he may wait a little longer to commit to OU if he has that visit set to UT, knowing BV's policy? Now, I don't have the exact date on it. 
I guess I can maybe pull it up. Uh, let me see if they've publicly released their schedule yet. But he is committing publicly at Melissa's third game of the 2023 season. That would be against Royce City, and there is not a set. I, I think that's September 8th is what that would be. Okay. So September 8th is when you can expect a commitment from Nigel Smith. I reported that over on OUinsider.com over the weekend. At the time, he was actually planning on taking that Texas official at the end of June. Uh, that appears to have changed because he's now OVing with Texas A&M at the end of June. And again, that Texas OV is going to be his sixth and final one, and it'll be September 1st through the 3rd. So September 8th is when Nigel Smith expects to commit at that point. So no, that visit date does not impact the timeline. But did you pay attention to who did the edit for Nigel Smith with his official it? visits announcement? Who was that? Miles. Oh, wow. When anybody goes through Miles for an edit. I Listen, I'm not saying it means everything, but it means something. It does, yeah. Because everybody knows who Miles is and what he does. He's good, man. He comes up with so many good edits for these recruits. But, yeah, it's, it's got to mean something, you think. Ronnie Crimson on the text line says, Just had a friend get engaged, worried he might choose a fall wedding. How do I go about telling him no? Well, you tweet every day until he moves the wedding date, Ronnie Crimson. Same thing you did with Phil Picciotti. Same thing you're doing with David Stone. Stone, yep. Keep it going, Ronnie. In a tweet for however many days it takes for him to move his wedding date. For the 918, the heck with Bucky's. I'll take QT or Loves any day over Bucky's. Oh, man. You know what? That's Bill in the 918. You know what, Bill? Whatever then. I, I can't help your questionable taste. Inconvenience stores. I love some QT, but man, I would I would not mind a uh, Bucky's here. I need a Bucky's in every major metroplex in America, and I don't know why there isn't one. They've got enough money. Yeah, Gosh, they they've got to make a killing. Sometimes you roll up to Bucky's and there's literally zero gas pumps available, and there are like there are- 120 of them. <laughs> so many. Yeah, you go from left to right, just fills it all up, and yeah, usually almost everyone's packed. From the 405, who is Miles? Well, if you weren't clear on who Miles is, Miles is a graphic designer and photo editor that primarily, not exclusively, but primarily does work for OU commits, OU players, OU coaches. He primarily does work for the OU community. So, when you see an edit that came from Miles, what you know is that said individual, at the very least, has a ton of interest in Oklahoma. And we knew this to be the case with Nigel Smith. Oklahoma leads there. Hopefully that's clear. But Nigel Smith is going to OV at the Champion Barbecue with Oklahoma. And the Texas OV, I'll just go ahead and say it. It's one that I can anticipate maybe doesn't happen if things go well enough in June. I think there's a reason that Texas one is the last one set, and trust me, it's not because Nigel Smith is just waiting to commit to Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns. That is not happening. <laughs> Johnny from UConn says, 
would rather have sticky finger burgers every day than Bucky's. Hey, you're never going to talk me down from a sticky finger, <laughs> Johnny and Yukon. Never going to happen. We got we got some people that think Bucky's is overrated. I, I would not go that far. But Ronnie Crimson said Bucky's is mid. No, it's not. I love it. This is payback for the Terrace Slender. Okay, all I could read on the little preview was Bucky's is mid. Ronnie Crimson and I were about to have beef, but then he said, no, it's not. I love it's it. It's not this mid. Is... No, it's okay. not mid. Yeah, I'm not big on Tara Humaras. I disclosed that on the OU Insider VIP board a couple weeks ago, and people had opinions, as they do. But I love the diversity of the conversation, the discourse that we're having yeah. right now. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, it's so much fun. This is what I love about this show. This is what I love about you all. We can legitimately just sit here and talk about anything. But on that note, coming up next, we're going to be joined by Dan Shem, Executive Director of Visit Norman, briefly on the program because the visitor guest tax election is today in Norman. So we're going to have Dan fill us in. On the guest tax election, what it means, why you as an Okie should be interested. I know we have a lot of listeners that aren't Okies, but still. Why this matters for the community of Norman, whether you should vote yes or no, and why. Coming up on the other side with Dan Shem, Executive Director of Visit Norman. Keep it right here on The Ref. We'll be right back. Back with you here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans, Parker Thune, Connor Pasby, here with you on a Tuesday. Winding down the 1 o'clock hour, once 2 o'clock rolls around, it's locked in with myself and Tyler McComas. Going to bring you up to speed on all things OU football and recruiting. But right now, on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, we are joined by Dan Shem, Executive Director of Visit Norman, to discuss many things tops on the boards, though is likely the visitor guest tax election. So, Dan, great to have you on the program here. If you could just kind of give us the 411 on the visitor guest tax, what it means for residents, and what our opinions ought to be heading into the visitor guest tax election. Yeah, hi, Parker. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I just uh, stepped out of our annual tourism luncheon. We're celebrating National Travel and Tourism Week this week. Travel and tourism is actually the state's third largest industry. So great week to be talking about this and an exciting day for us. Uh, Today, citizens in Norman have the opportunity to vote on a guest tax increase. My favorite part about this is it's OPM other people's money. So any Norman citizen that stays in a hotel, show you're from Norman, you don't pay this guest tax. It's only uh, uh, visitors to our hotels like we'll be getting when we make the move to the SEC here in a a year or so. So um, the increase would go to fund not only our local arts, they'll get 25% of the increase to enhance uh, public art and grants for our local arts organizations. But additionally, we'll fund a sports commission that will help bring tournaments and events to our new Norman Forward facilities that are about done here in Norman. So you kind of just touched on it, but why is this especially significant for sports fans in and around Norman? What is this, what is, what are the benefits of this sports commission? Yeah, absolutely. Right now, uh, as you talk to parents that have kids in competitive sports, whether it's soccer, tennis, cheer, anything, Uh, Many times they're traveling to Dallas, to Tulsa, to Wichita for their events. 
Uh, we, we have just about completed work on crown jewel facilities that will compete with anybody in the region for all, soccer, basketball, volleyball, cheer, gymnastics, and the Sports Commission will help bring tournaments here so our families can stay here and, uh, and spend a weekend at home, as well as bringing all those other teams' money into the community. Now, Casey Vineyard did tell me I had to grill you about the luncheon that you mentioned earlier on. What, what was on the menu this afternoon? Yeah, the, we were hosting it at the Noun Hotel. They did a great job. They had a, uh, a beef arugula salad, which was delicious. Ooh. And our keynote speaker, uh, Ray Hoyt, uh, was formerly of the Tulsa Sports Commission and uh, was able to chat about all of the different events they brought into Tulsa and how big of an impact that had on the community. All of, uh, all of these dollars that come in go straight to our restaurants, our shops, our gas stations, and that also contributes sales tax, which is how our local cities are funded. So uh, all the services we love and take advantage of as, uh, as residents here in Oklahoma, it, it will help fund those services. All right, Dan, very much appreciate your time. Before we let you go, I want to just give you the floor. Anything else that you'd like folks to know about Visit Norman or about this visitor guest tax? Yeah, you know, this should be one of the easiest votes that uh, you have. It's a no-brainer. Uh, other people's money to enhance our quality of life seems like something that you should uh, get out and support. So you have until, I think, 6 o'clock tonight. So get out to your local polling place and go vote. Dan Shem, Executive Director of Visit Norman. Thanks so much for joining the show, sir. Thanks, Parker. Have a great day. Dan Shem joining us on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Let's go back to the – I stopped Thought myself. Let's go back to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line on the other side of the break. Final break of the 1 o'clock hour. We'll come back, wrap up Steelman and Thune at noon, and turn things over to Locked In. Your texts, your opinions, your questions, your comments, your wedding anecdotes. Coming up next here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. Straight to the nip we go to close out the 1 o'clock hour here on The Ref Sports Radio Network. Parker Thune, Connor Pasby with you on a Tuesday. The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line available to you anytime at 405-651-3439. Somebody in the 405 said, marriage is for men with no options. No, you're incorrect. I'm getting married. I had options. This is the option that I chose. It's a great option. I think so, too. Apparently, this guy doesn't. But you know what? People have different perspectives. That's what radio is about. That's why talk radio is it's, – <laughs> it's why it exists. Yeah. So that we can hash out our differences of opinion. Uh, elsewhere on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line from the 918, talking about weddings during slash not during football season, my husband and I had our first date October 1st, 1993. We decided to get married October 1st, 1994 during football season. But – It was in the evening following the OU Iowa State game in the afternoon. Normally, we wouldn't plan such an event during football season, but it was my husband's idea to get married on the anniversary of our first date. We're still married, 28 years, and we've been season ticket holders for 27 years. See, that's how you make it work. Yeah, that's that's love. Got to have an eye on logistics if you're going to do a fall wedding. 
getting married on the anniversary of your first date. That's the way to go right there. From the 580, I'd rather have an In-N-Out burger than a Bucky's. Blasphemy. In-N-Out's horrible. You, you, sir, are a heretic. In-N-Out is mid. In-N-Out is mid, man. And you know what? <laughs> I was firmly in the in and out camp for years and years. I, I I feel like you get to a certain age, or at least I did, and the shine wears off of in and out and you realize, oh, this is actually just a really average burger. Yeah. The fries are terrible. You have to have them double fry them. They should do that to all the fries. If you double fry the fries, they're great. If you just get them the way that they make them typically, they're awful. And there's nothing else on the menu, right? Yeah, nothing and so else. The the age old debate is In and Out versus Whataburger. There you go. I so- was on the In and Out side for years and years. I eventually became a convert, circa 2021, <laughs> and I have repented of my former ways. Them and Five Guys are very overrated to me. So oh, oh no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no! You're not going to you're not going <laughs> to slander Five Guys on these airways. To me, they're both the same. But Five Guys, I mean. Okay, the fries are really good. In and out, the burgers like it's not very big. A small burger doesn't really fill me up. Is, First time trying it, I'm like, okay, I get how people say this is very good, but I'm not gonna go <laughs> there like a lot. Is Five Guys overpriced? Yes, yes, it is. Yes. Objectively, very overpriced. <laughs> is it worth is it? Is it overrated? No, I would not go that far. <laughs> five, I probably have Five Guys once a year. And man, does it hit once a year. It is a lot of food. I'll give you that. It does It does fill me up. Greg from Lawton just says, with age comes wisdom. <laughs> from the 901, when I leave five guys, I feel like I need to take a bath with the greaser. <laughs> Whataburger versus In-N-Out. Whataburger all day. Ugh. Johnny from Yukon asks, how did you meet your fiancés? I've told my story before. I haven't heard yours, though. How did you meet your fiancé? Yeah, I mean, she she played softball at Oklahoma Christian, which is in Edmond. I went to SNU, kind of kind of close by there. We had a bunch of friends that knew each other. So, yeah, we just had multiple uh, dates, and then it just grew from there. She's got a big softball family. Her uh, her sister is a pitcher for Baylor. Oh, hello. So, yeah, yeah so Friday I'll get to see her. She's done really good so far at Baylor as a freshman, getting to play a lot. So, yeah, I am got involved with a big sports family. That's right up my alley. There you go, man. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> what it's about. I'm blessed, yeah. Sports families are the best families. It is, yeah. Uh, Kara- karate for you? Is that? <laughs> she, no, it's not. Yes. yes it is she's, karate. A, okay. she's a purple belt in karate. Purple belt. Yeah. She played basketball growing up. Okay. Not collegiately or anything, but she played basketball and did karate. That's a good... That's an interesting two sports right I'll there. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, from the 405, this is very factual. Whataburger is curiously slow. Yeah. I have been in the Whataburger drive through for upwards of an hour at times. Yeah, if, if I have a long work day and I'm getting there at, it doesn't matter what day, 1030 or 11, I just need something to eat. Yeah, you're waiting for a while. Brian in Tulsa says, in and out being good is as funny as Oklahoma State fans actually claiming the 1945 natty. <laughs> whoa, 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 from the 817. Same with Bucky's. Decent stuff, badly overpriced. You, you, sir, are also a heretic. Bucky's it, is not overpriced. Yeah, I don't walk in there. I never found it overpriced at all. Yeah, yeah no. I, 
I'll pay four bucks for a dynamite breakfast sandwich any day of the week. I mean, it's kind of hard to find something cheap nowadays. Somebody else in the 405 said, Tucker's Burgers. You been to Tucker's? I have not, no. Ooh, that's that, a good burger, bro. Do I find that around here? Is it close yes. by? Yes. Uh, there's one up in that shopping center off of I-35 and Robinson. Okay. So, like, you know, the Target, the Crest, there's a whole bunch of restaurants in that area. Dude, I have, I have like, a note just filled up with restaurants that I need to go try. <laughs> I get, like, recommendations from, like, about everybody. Tucker's, I have it written down. There you go. That is an outstanding burger. An onion burger. From the 918, what a burger trumps any and all fast food burgers. See, I actually do disagree with you on that. When I go to Whataburger, I don't go for the burger. If Shake. I'm going if I'm going for a meal, I'll do the patty melt. That's my order. But I would say 80% of my trips to Whataburger, though, are for late night breakfast food. Yeah. That yeah. is when Whataburger hits the hardest. The Buffalo Chicken Ranch, that sandwich is really phenomenal. And a Dr. Pepper shake. I mean, I'm not the healthiest dude in the world, so usually I get a Dr. Pepper shake every time I go. See, I quit drinking soda six years ago. Really? And so the Dr. Pepper shake is as close as I get to the taste of Dr. Yeah. Pepper. And so, yes, always. Always. I, I try to stay healthy playing college baseball, but after that, <laughs> that's a different story. People got so many wedding anecdotes. People got so many burger opinions. This has been, like, we probably haven't even gotten to – 30% of the texts that yeah. we've gotten over the course of the day. The text line is popping off. Maybe this conversation will roll in, over into next it's hour. Good, yeah. You, you, never, you never know what the text line is going to go to. Yeah, I don't know if Tyler has strong opinions <laughs> on burgers, both you local may. and national. But I have no doubt that we will soon find out. Uh, Patrick says, Whataburger breakfast is second only to Waffle House. You know the story of the Waffle House Index? Connor? I do not. So that's like, apparently that's how they measure the severity of a natural disaster is how many Waffle Houses are closed in the immediate vicinity. Because Waffle House is notorious for not closing unless absolutely necessary. Right. So there are 24-7. Sooner I... Gundy says, the nip is hot. It is hot. It's blowing up. And that right there is where we will leave you <laughs> for this installment of Steel Man and Thune at Noon. Hey, keep it here. Locked In's coming up next. Tyler McComas and I will have you covered on all things OU football, recruiting, fall weddings, and burgers. Don't go anywhere. It's the Ref Sports Radio Network.